2: This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast, and we're back after an, well, unenforced break really, I suppose it was. We weren't at the podcast last week, there was no podcast last week, it was a bit of a fluff. Technical errors aplenty. Um, We'll go into that in a little bit, but it it wasn't really our fault, we really tried as hard as we could do. Um, do the podcast, but it didn't quite happen. But we're back here now at the place we were supposed to be last week. We're in the Lamb and Flag pub in Covent Garden, right in the middle of Covent Garden. You probably walk past this pub and you never actually see it. It's a lovely little old boozer. It's probably about four million years old. It looks quite old and a little bit rickety, but it's quite nice down a little bit of an alleyway here. I mean, you came down the alleyway. Did you? Did you? Did you miss it as you passed it? Like, I've, I've walked past
3: this pub a lot of times and I've never been in it, and it's like walking back to. Dickensian Britain, um, there's pictures of kind of gin riddled alcoholics on the walls, um, probably how we're going to be in about an hour and a half probably. <laughs> That's right, probably. probably the same thing as well, not that we've been
2: in the pub all afternoon, not at all, but they've taken good care of us here in the, in the lemon flare, which is which is all good, but like I said, we were meant to be here last week and things didn't quite go according to plan.
3: Well, you, 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 sick, 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 no, sick, no Bill. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it wasn't quite the same, actually. We actually did try and push a few buttons. The buttons didn't quite work. But well, we'll come back to them in a minute. But listen, I'm Billy Cran, and I'm here with the characters, Mr. Dave Lane. We've been chatting to you, no. and what have we been up to the last two weeks, Dave? Because
3: we haven't actually done a podcast for two weeks, have we? Two weeks. Well, um, the first the first podcast fluff was thanks to Burnley. I'm sorry, not sorry, not Burnley. It was thanks to Rotherham. Um, my phone battery died, and I tried to um, plug my phone in at half time. I had eight stewards around me telling me that because my iPhone wasn't pack tested or whatever, whatever that means um, it risked bringing all of the stadium electricity down including the floodlights and I just like laughed at them and told them how embarrassing they were and when I realised there's a good chance of me getting thrown out if I didn't shut my big gob up I um, had to unplug my phone, and um, so hold a second. It's actually your fault that we lost. Because if you think about it, oh. if you kept your phone on, yeah.
4: Yeah, the cloud
2: lights yeah. have gone out. The it's game would have got abandoned. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah, it's
3: true. It's yeah. all your fault. I, I, well, I, 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 th- I wish I had. I wish I had abandoned the match. Take one for the team, god oh, Yeah, but but so so that was that one. And you know, you you were a bit queasy last week. Oh, that's a big like I said to you, we did try to do the podcast. I keep trying to gloss
2: over this one. It was a bit of a strange one. Yeah? An
3: ambulance involved. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, so we tried to do the um, we tried to do the podcast from a uh, from remote.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, okay. To be fair, we tried to do the podcast and it didn't quite work, so we gave up after about an hour. And the next minute, I was wired up in my living room with a paramedic in front of me in an ambulance outside you know with all sorts of meters and wires and all sorts of stuff going on it was very very strange. Sounds very, very kinky. <laughs> by,
3: in the video. <laughs>
2: no, no. Tell you something, there's probably a few copies of the video floating around with my face, my eyes popping out of my head. So I don't know what that came about. There was some, gosh, gosh. some sort of reaction, probably a reaction to us losing to, to Rotherham, I think it was. And uh, she didn't know what it was. She sort of put the meter on me, said, oh, you've got Rotherhamitis. I said, yes, I have indeed. And so they, uh, she gave me an injection, and I was, I, was, I was all right in a couple of days' time, but it was a bit of a frightening experience. So apologies, we didn't have the podcast last week, but... As you can see, there was a uh, mitigating circumstances for that. Savvy B, we haven't seen you for a few weeks. What have you been up to? I know you've been sort of editing and filming and doing all sorts of sort of
4: glamorous stuff, haven't you? I have, but uh, in between all of that, I've been really considering the whole uh, in-out Europe debate. And uh, you know, it's I've, you know, it's, it's a real conundrum for me because my heart, my heart says yeah, in in Europe, but my head says it might affect our league form adversely. <laughs> So uh, I'm I'm really toying with the idea of uh, of, uh, going
2: out. Well, I mean, we'll come on to this a little bit later because this may change, you know, considering what we've got later on coming on the podcast that we're going to be discussing, you know, because maybe the Europe issue isn't so much of an issue for Brentford anymore. But we're going to come to... Liberal or maybe not so liberal, Nick.
3: He's less less liberal liberal than usual, Nick, especially after his outburst, his drunken outburst (laughs) on Saturday. I'm not sure he was drunk, Bill. I think that's that's unfair. I think he was just really angry and not liberal. I mean, Nick, I mean,
2: like I said, we've we've talked about this. Tell tell us about, you know, you still stick by your words, don't you? I I do. I I
1: was liberal with my opinions. I was not drunk. I was sober as a judge. Uh, not Alan Judge, <laughs> not Alan Judge, but so sober. <laughs> well, hopefully Alan Judge have been sober. Although well, he didn't have that great game on Saturday, did he? So perhaps he'd had one one anyway. But I was sober. Uh, but in the last two weeks, I have been examining the so- thesaurus. I have been looking in the dictionary. And tonight I'll be choosing my words with care so that they're not misinterpreted or uh, spun Uh,
2: so that people are claiming
1: that I said things that I didn't say. To to be
2: fair, I mean, not being funny, liberal Nick, you're you're the media man of the Liberal Party, so you know all about spinning nonsense and letting people believe one thing or the other, don't you? I don't believe in spinning
1: nonsense, everything, everything, no, I have never spun anything that has been something I have not believed in, or not been able to explain or provide the rationale for why I said it.
3: Well, if that's not of spin, I don't know what it is. Yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> and we've got, we haven't, again, he hasn't been on the podcast for, you know, for, for a few weeks, so, so it's good to have you back, the Dutchman, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Yeah.
5: I spent a lot of time defending liberal Nick's outburst at the weekend, really, to be honest with you. Um, and <laughs> unlike Laney, I've walked past this pub many, many times, and normally I' stop and come in. Um, I've, I've whiled away many a Friday afternoon in this place. Uh, it's very difficult to track me down in here. Um, so looking forward to spending an evening discussing bees-related nonsense for the next hour or so.
2: Bees-related nonsense instead. And we've got to say one thing as well as well. Again, myself, lady very proud. I know we keep on doing our separate little videos. We've got another video up which you can check out, which is on Gentry Day for Preston North End, which is Saturday. They're all going to Bolton on Saturday, aren't they? About <laughs> 4,500 of the nutters are going to Bolton on Saturday on their Gentry Day. They came to Brent for two years running or two years sort of semi-consecutive on Gentry Day. But we've done a video actually specifically on Gentry Day Check out the besotted website, we'll have it linked on there. Or if you just Google Gentry Day, um,
6: uh, yeah,
2: review. the 72 review, um, as it is, the 72 review,
3: Gentry Day, just check it out. But it's actually a really good video. We're actually very proud of doing it, and we really, really like it. A little tear to your eye at the end, it's, it's actually a very emotional piece, I think. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think it portrays and paints football fans in a in a in a brilliant light.
4: Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. It's a, it's a very it's a very beautiful thing. I mean, the last couple of minutes when people were getting really emotional about it, it's, it's really a superb piece of work.
2: And again, it's even though it's about Preston, it actually, if you look at it, it relates to it could relate to any football fan. It just goes how much a club is important to a football team and what they do around it. Were they getting emotional about their manager? They didn't
3: talk about the manager. It had nothing to do with it at all, man. They don't. They don't have anyone quite as liberal as you in their setup. But, you know, but what, what it captures is that um, baton of, of, of support being passed down through generation to generation. And when when a when a fan dies, as as we all will one day, it's it's the day of the year where all the fans come together to remember. Um, the traditions and all the things that make the club great, and um, you know, this is something that we'll be looking into for, for next year.
2: Indeed, indeed. Yeah, and again, we'll talk maybe talk about that a little bit later because we want to get into the meat of the podcast today. But like I said, we might talk about that later for Brentford because we just think it is specific to Preston, but no, it's not. It's specific to any football team. What they do, not necessarily dressing up, but remembering their fans. And we talked about Saturday, we'll talk about Charlton, where we're 24th minute who died and, you know, the applause about him and he died and all of a sudden they the, the scored and the, there was the applause and then the goal went up and it was a wonderful moment and we were just sort of thinking is there any a better way that we can actually remember Brentford fans and players who have passed? So we've come up with a couple of ideas. and we, If we get a chance, we might talk about them later. If not, we'll talk about them in another podcast. But anyway, let's go back to Saturday. You can see we're trying not to talk about Saturday at all because it was so horrendous, like, you know. We played Charlton, who were poop. Charlton were rubbish, they came to Brentford again with fear in their eyes they're thinking, oh my god, I've got a Charlton Freddy he said, we're never going we never, never to win, we're never going to win we're absolutely rubbish, you'll beat us 7-0, unfortunately it wasn't quite the case Charlton went away 2-1 winners and they were absolutely delighted, apparently they played Franchise FC, aka MK Dons, Tuesday night, and they were absolutely rubbish, so you know, apparently you know, something didn't go quite right on Saturday but listen, the pubs we full of fans who weren't happy. Let's listen to exactly what they had to say. Maybe we'll even include Nick on this one in the pubs on Saturday night about the Charlton game. I was not looking forward
1: to this afternoon, having been so badly disappointed by the performance at Charlton. Today was a complete and utter shambles. Um, were we earlier in the season... Uh, there would have been crowd uh, chants around the ground for Dean Smith to go. My honest opinion is that if Dean Smith were a uh, decent man, which I believe that he is, is that he might actually want to consider whether he should walk away from Brentford now.
2: Senago. that's it, in a word. Scott
1: Hatchley last week, uh, Reading despite the fact we lost but scored a hat-trick and uh, he was the main reason that uh, we uh, won today although he didn't score the goals he was everywhere your players were frightened of him um, our forwards went up by 20% because they had a with a very good player and uh, ever since he's come our forwards have looked a lot better. Our forwards are pretty, pretty poor, to be honest. We seem to have lots of individually good players, but we add them up, add them together, and we end up with sort of a ten, 10 in the team rather than eleven. Um, I don't know why that is, but uh, hopefully Riga will, you know, a bit of a fight back can bring it together. It needs team spirit, it needs a bit of grit, it needs the fans actually supporting the team as well. Would be nice. So, so instead of uh, carried on with the process, they want to support the team. Ah, a little bit
5: disappointed, but I think for the first time there's a little bit of anger as well. Um, certainly for me that was just dreadful. You know, shapeless attitude-wise. We played a team on a poor run of form, you know. They made us look average mostly, and that, that shouldn't be happening.
6: I thought I thought Kanyos was really, really played very well today. I was shocked when he was substituted, to be honest with you. And I,
1: I was very puzzled about that. But I thought there was there was five minutes towards the end of the first half that we played really, really well. And I was confident we were going to come out second half,
6: start well, play well, attack, score early, and maybe then it would have been maybe three one. More, I mean we've gone on to score more. judge as ever head and shoulders what, what a great player. But yeah that would be the of question. Gennaris Canos judge three guys absolutely standouts, but there's a lot of passengers there as well mate.
3: we've lost we've lost two games to relegate relegation threatened teams. Um, it, it, it ain't looking good bill. So interesting
2: views from the fans again? after being beaten by it's really funny it's like a nervous reaction I like laugh when we say we got beaten by Charlton I mean like last season we got beaten by Charlton we almost cried but this is 12 months later and they've done it again they're like one of the most rubbishest teams in the division and they've beaten us but what you do is you laugh because it's kind of like the thing that you have to do to try and kind of cheer yourself up you know having beaten to such an absolutely horrendous team guys listen
3: we don't want to dwell on this too much but that was quite rubbish wasn't it What compounded it being rubbish was the fact that we've lost against two teams below us in the the last couple of weeks and losing a game of football in our position shouldn't be a disaster, but it's actually one of those couple of weeks where you actually wanted to lose games against teams that were above us because the ones that were below us have reeled in reeled us in a little bit. Um, yeah, it's, it's never good to, to, you know, the Rotherham, the Rotherham defeat, we should have played better. We should have got at least a point out of that. Charlton, we just really, it just, nothing worked. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a dull afternoon. Um, you know, I, nothing. Nothing we tried came off. It was just, a, it was just a catalogue of disasters. So, um, I don't think losing those two games has helped us. And we're looking over our shoulder, which isn't good for the old mojo, Bill.
4: Yeah, I think 19 seconds in, when uh, when they scored, I turn, turned turned round to my mates and said, uh, "I hope Dean Smith doesn't use that as an excuse about his game plan going out the window." First thing he says in his post match. Uh, conference thing was uh, the game plan went out the window after 19 seconds well surely after 20 odd minutes when we get one back the game plan should come back in but we just look just as useless and hopeless after after we scored than after 19 seconds so that's what annoyed me is that you can't just keep saying the game plan goes out the window
1: I I've almost forgotten the game Um, All I can recall is that I was disappointed in the way that the team performed. I felt that there was passion lacking from everybody in the ground. And I mean whether that's people on the touchline, whether it's people watching in the stands or standing in the Ealing Road or whether it was from the players on the pitch. I, you know, it was a sad, it was a sad day. I'm sure it was a very bad day for us all. We'll move on. Saturday's QPR. Let's think about that. No. I was quite impressed
5: because a goal after 19 seconds, probably it's only about the first time in 30 years I've actually seen a goal after 19 seconds. So I was quite happy to be in the ground to see it, even though it was at the wrong end. But what I thought was interesting was, talking to the Charlton fans afterwards, that their view of us was actually quite positive. You know, they didn't see all the negatives and the history attached to our performances this year that we saw. And, you know, the general view from the one or two that I spoke to was that, you know, had we had a striker and a little bit more direction and leadership that we were the better team and I think it's very easy for us to forget that we played okay in patches but again it's all part of an you know, accumulation of results that have happened over the last couple of weeks and to lose to, to Rotherham and then to Charlton two of the teams where we thought this is probably safety guaranteed let's enjoy the rest of the season and you know no one wants to mention the relegation Word, because it still sounds pretty far-fetched, but it's just there nagging in the background, and we need to clear that one as soon as possible. Move on and prepare for next season.
2: I think, and, and I think you're actually quite right there, Dutchman. And the relegation thing doesn't worry me at all because I, I, you know, I'm not being complacent. But I just I don't think it's going to happen. I think that you know, in spouts sometimes we're good, sometimes we're bad. We're one of those teams. There's loads of them in this division, and we're the, the type of team that we turn up at Preston and they go, we're brilliant. They we turn up at Charlton, they say that you're rubbish. We'll turn up another place one week and we'll look brilliant and everyone will be happy. Again again Then the next week will be rubbish. We're inconsistent. We'll talk about this later as I've got to come into it. But again, you're also right because the Charlton people that I spoke to have got very, very good Charlton friends and we went after the match bemoaning we were rubbish, we were this, we were like that, the other. And they were completely different. They were like, we thought you would be out of sight of the first half. You were playing such unbelievable football. We couldn't catch you up, but we had the more desire, we had more heart and we were like fighting harder. We had Sunogo who kind of was causing you a few problems and you seemed scared of him. They had like lots of different excuses, reasons why, but they were saying for us as a team, they thought we were good, but we did lack the incision up front, which is interesting because it is quite nice to get people who have, they're not rose-tinted like we are. I mean, I'd sit down there and say, we are still rubbish, And it was, you know, but for a Charlton fan to come up to you, yes, we did beat you, but to be quite honest with you, we should have maybe lost this one 4-2. It is quite an interesting thought
3: there. Yeah, well, I mean, I looked at the three games, you know, the the, the Wolves, Rotherham and Charlton, and, and, I, and I actually said, I think I said it in, the, in a couple of podcasts ago, when it certainly wasn't last week, so we didn't have one, and, and I said, like, if we get four points from the next three games, you know, and everyone kind of went four points from the three games. Don't be ridiculous. That was it was it was a really low um, kind of kind of uh, you know, hope. Um, we only got three, um, so you know, fortunately, and I said I said it in my report um, that I, I kind of like it was like blooming quicksand, right? Um sorry, it was like um, what's the word? Not quicksand, um, mud. Trying to trying to write the report on Sunday, just trying to have, have to Wait, recap. Waiting, waiting yeah, it was it was horrible, and I, I just didn't want to write it. And uh, but the the the, the, the 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 end is the fact that we're going to QPR on on Saturday, and the team have to pick up have to pick themselves up. They have to they have to produce a, a, um, a performance full of pride. Um, and there's there's every chance we can win that, but it's every chance we can lose it too. And then that that's really that really ain't great. I mean, it's not great. I mean, so we I are mean, got to move on from the Charlton thing because, you know,
2: I mean, Liberal Knicks just got one final thing to say on this. Uh,
1: my only worry is that we're playing teams back into form. We played Derby back into form. We played Rotherham back into form. We played Charlton back into form. We cannot play forward to keep playing teams back into form.
2: But that's, you know, that's fair enough. But that—I mean—we can't help the fixtures. I mean, the fi- that's just how the fixtures yeah.
3: lie. You say that, but then Derby lost to Derby lost to QPR last night, and you know, and you know, the, the, the results are still all over the place. And we, we, we're beating ourselves up for losing at Rotherham. The Middlesbrough lose at Rotherham. And, no, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really—it's a really odd division. And that's not making excuses. It's just. It, is that kind of division. You know, Mid- Middlesbrough are supposed to be walking away with the league. Went nine points clear after they beat us. They're, 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 they're out of the promotion places. They're out of the
2: promotion places, and then and I spoke to Middlesbrough again, as we know, you know lots of good people, and then spoke to my Middlesbrough mates last night, and they actually reckon, and I'm going to laugh if they do, because they, I can't believe it, they, they're playing
3: Charlton on the Saturday, and they reckon they're going to lose to Charlton as well. As as I don't go up this year, I, I, Jesus Christ, not, I don't want to go. I don't want to play them again next year. Please go up. Please go up. I don't. I don't. I don't care one bit or not if they do or don't. I just don't want to lose twice to them again next no, year. But the, I mean, but this, <laughs> this is a bit of an issue because if they don't go up, what are you going to say? Do we just sort of forfeit the game?
2: No, we're doing next year. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. really,
1: really nice fans to have down at Griffin
2: Park. So. Yeah. so, but listen, anyway, look, we're going to move on because you know alarm no, bells. No, did
3: you? Did you threaten? You know, I know we we lost against Charlton, but did you threaten to give up supporting Brentford again yeah. after the defeat? I didn't give up, I threatened to give up sport in Brentford. Did, did you? No, I, I didn't, no. Did any of you threaten to give up Brentford after Saturday? No, no. Do, do you know anyone that did? No one of any significance,
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a little note that you want to read us later? You know, that yeah, up? one or two notes later, yeah. Okay, we'll talk about this later again. We keep talking about coming this later because we've got a few things to do. But as we said, alarm bells are ringing. So we thought that we might need to make a little phone call because we need to have a few questions answered, because there's all sorts of stuff flying around on social media, but what's the point in pontificating and making things up? Might as well go straight to the source, as we do in Basotti, so we went straight to the source, and we decided to get a few answers for a lot of the questions that are flying around. So we lose to Charlton, we lose to Rotherham, we lose to Sheffield Wednesday, we lose to Brighton, we lose to, we lose to lots of teams. We, we look like we're just losing the plot the fans are fighting, the fans are not happy, there's booing, there's, there's all sorts going on. It's just, it's not fun going to football. We felt there's a lot of alarm bells that were ringing out there. We didn't quite know what was going on ourselves. We looked on the pitch, we were thinking, God, is, um, has the manager, is, is the manager got it right? Do the players want to play for us? You know, is our Brentford slipping away from us? I mean, we didn't really know what was going on. So we thought the best thing to do just make a f- quick phone call, as you do. Let's find out. Let's still guessing. We come on here every week. And we found out we were running out of things to talk about, didn't we? Like, we thought, oh, my God, we can't talk about that again this week because we're just making it up. So the best thing to do is to fuel the conversation instead of us making it up ourselves. Let's make a quick phone call. And find out exactly
3: what the situation is. Well, uh, it, again, it's an it's an example of you know us building up relationships and and, and 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 asking people to. We're proactive. That's that's. I think that's the one one thing about the fanzine you can say is we we ask the people at the clubs questions and then. Uh, when, when, you know, when, when this situation's is where we need answers they're, they're happy to talk to us so. and we're not saying that we're sitting down there giving them a, a, a smooth ride or anything like that we actually need to find that answers.
2: so we put a quick call into Matt Benham who Matthew Benham, uh, owner of Brentford FC we said, Matt, we need to know what's going on with Brentford we need to know what's going on with Dean Smith we want to know what's going on with the players why have we bought any players everyone's not happy, shouting and screaming uh, can we come down and talk to you? and Matt Benham said, no problem I'll come down and chat to you. So we sat down with Matt for a couple of hours yesterday, very short notice, and he told us everything,
3: pretty much, to be got us you, didn't he? Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, after after the defeat at the weekend and him being called a wanker um, by by one or two fans after the game, I thought he'd be a lot more angry than he than he was for someone that's put hundred million quid into our football club um and and again if i'm being brutally honest uh, he's a lot a lot calmer and a lot kind of more laid back and philosophical and um forward thinking than i would be in a, in a similar circumstance and nothing that was the, that was a big sort of eye-opener for us because we kind of come
2: in there sort of thinking right let's just let's, let's bang the table and let, let's find out what's going on but he was actually nonplussed about a lot of things and uh Uh, Again, listen, listen, like I said, I run my own business. Laney, you run your own business, everything like that. We know it's like you get the pressure sometimes, but you work for yourself and you know how to kind of ride the waves. And not be funny, he's made a billion times more money than we ever have. And there must be something in there that shows you how to do business. And when we walked in there and he was pretty much as cool as a cucumber, we asked him loads of questions about stuff and he was actually not phased about things. And you sort of think, you know, what's, what's going on through your head? Isn't
3: it? Well, I think, you know, the last few weeks and, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all guilty of it to a larger or lesser extent of, of emotion and sometimes emotion does take over um, after, after you lose a game of football. But, you know, we, we invest, we, you know, we've invested a lot in terms of our, you know, in, in terms of our time and, and obviously a lot of money travelling around. But it doesn't it doesn't quite stretch to to it to, to his levels thankfully um and it I, it it would i would be awake every night fretting about the decisions that are being made the people that i'd employed um and to sit down with him to have the opportunity to sit down and and run through with a pretty fine tooth comb and he, he didn't really duck out of a lot i mean you know we were up against time constraints we didn't have unlimited time So you know there 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 may be things that aren't in it that you might be expecting, and and it wasn't because that we didn't you know we dodged them or that you know they they were avoided. It's just you know those questions. There wasn't time for all questions. Maybe hopefully um, he'll he'll, you know he'll he'll sit down with us at the end of the season and and go through it in a little bit more detail. But there there is a lot of there's a lot to be played for. We're not safe this season. Um, But he's a gambling man and he, he. And in every, you know, he'll give you a percentage of our of our chances of promotion last year still, and he'll he'll give you a percentage of our chances of relegation this year. And and, and it wasn't on his radar, so of that I'm reassured. Um, But you know, I I just I just we are looking over our shoulders. But it it was just great to great to sit down with him and um, just have a chat really. Two two questions to to you and uh,
1: Dave Billy one were there any preconditions about the interview and two was there anything that was off limits that you couldn't discuss
2: i mean i think there was yes i mean there wasn't any preconditions as, as, as such i mean it was such it literally was such short notice i mean i mean i had to change my childcare care arrangements to actually kind of do it so that was the the preconditions actually is that my missus actually kind of let me out of the house for the evening if anything like that so no there wasn't any preconditions as such um it will not be funny uh, it was very open
3: well, there was there was just the three of us there was there was no other cl- club official or or press pre- press official in, in the room saying oh M- mr benham won't be able to talk about that you know it was it was like sitting down and literally chewing the fat um, and of of course there's, there's certain parts of it that you know that that really can't be in the public domain for, for just literally for, for confidentiality and for giving the club advantage in in the transfer market Um, and you know it it just you know there's there's some stuff that you just know that's slightly off off limit I mean indeed I mean we, we, like I said to the, the interview hopefully and
2: we, we apologise about this like I said we've had sort of quite a lot of technical the last week and obviously we, we know we've got date jobs as well and we've got other things to do and it's been very difficult this came in quite last minute and we've been working our asses off to try and get this interview out for everybody today it was very difficult because it was a lot of words in it as well we're still working on it going to work on it tonight when we come back and hopefully by the time this podcast up this interview should be out if it's not it'll be out within a few hours of this
3: podcast going up so go and check yeah. besotted.co.uk to check the interview out and there's, there's nothing sinister in the fact that it's not up it's literally our fingers can't type any faster and we, we don't want it to be full of mistakes and our brains can't take the, the, the amount of information that was
2: just thrown at us as well Speak for yourself <laughs> but listen we're going to just going kind to of go through this anyway because this lots of points of discussion here as well. I mean the guys have you know they've seen the interview they, they, you know we 've been discussing this earlier as well, so a few you, you know there's a few areas about it I mean just coming back to initially we're talking about the general atmosphere at Brentford, and we discussed this with with Matt as well. You talked about Brenham being called a, a wanker by a fan I mean it wasn't
3: Nick. <laughs> no no
2: no. That <laughs> no, wasn't But you talked about being called awake about being called a wanker by a fan. I mean.
3: the atmosphere he he was quite he got quite animated about that. Um he felt it was out of order for um for for fans to be demonizing um Phil Giles and Rasmus Ankersen. Um I'm I'm not convinced that that we're a million miles away from 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 Rasmus being under slight scrutiny, um, but we don't we are not privy to the exact working relationship. And, and if and if Matthew is comfortable with that, and and he feels it's you know it's been raised and and you know it's out it's out in the open. And if he doesn't feel that you know that that's that's the that's the right situation, then. Then I, I can only trust the fact that he, he doesn't feel like he, he's being robbed, um, as it were. Um, Rob- robbed, of robbed of a living um, it's, it's been. It's been yeah, well, it's been. It's been. It's, it's, been it's, it's been. Well, it's actually. It's been worse than that. You know, the, the other another fanzine has had pictures of um, char- child killers and and, and, and Rasmus Ankersen's name on on the front cover of, of their of their fanzine. This is this is how how demonising it's getting. And
2: interesting as well because we did actually went in and you talk about sort of question we did ask the question about Rasmus and Phil and what their roles were and what they brought to the party and he didn't dodge the question as such but we you said is because obviously we talked to Phil and I mean we haven't actually really spoken to Rasmus actually and he just said to me tell you something, that's area that's their area and we also know that Greville Waterman's got an interview lined up with Phil as well let him let let, let let him talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about other issues as well, so I don't want to get wrapped up in that. He goes, "I I trust these guys; I think they're good." However, if you want to know more about what they
3: do, you speak to them directly. And the 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 criticism that's been um, been levelled at, well, been directed towards Dean Smith is there there is there is no appetite from Matthew Benham, it would seem, for any further change. He, He he thinks Dean Smith is the right man for the job. Um, he says that his man management skills are, are, are excellent um, he, he's and saying that he said they're excellent as well considering, consi- considering what he's up against he, he, and I think he's, I th- he, the, the interview will come across he's honest that there's been the players that, the players that have left the team and, and it's weakened the squad um, he's not been in a position yet where he's been able to bring players in and you know there is a lot of optimism going forward that there are players and, and big announcements to be made in in the months to come that that, that fans should be actually excited so about. And that's and, and, and
6: and, not funny. And no. what, what,
3: you know when I, I I was actually pretty excited by it. I'm, you know, and I was. Exci- and, the, and the thing is,
2: <laughs> I mean, we emphasised this and we something that we emphasised on the podcast before. We talked about the not signing stuff in the last window. That's explained. Again, we might come on to that later as to why that didn't happen. So, of course, naturally we say the summer is massively important because we need to deliver in the summer. Because if we don't, it's complete and utter joke. Now, the fact is that, you know, when the outline what was lined up for the summer, you know, it is actually quite exciting because you sort of think, hold on a second here, this is kind of Brentford going on to a new phase. You know, hopefully. But the fact is that, you know, we have to wait and see that all to happen because it's alright for this to be promised at this now or this looks like it's going to happen but we have to see what happens in the summers to see whether it's happened but what we're saying is that the one thing that I was a bit assured about was the fact that you know because afterwards with all the grief that's gone down and the abuse and this and all this kind of stuff if it was me you'd probably think, tell you something mate I've, I've had enough I'll walk I'll, I'll just go but no interest. He was completely happy with just carrying on. Still excited about kind of getting involved with in the club, but also got big plans. Yeah, and the big, big,
3: pl- big plans. And I, th- I think there was an admission. I mean, you, you, as you read it, there, there's an admission that the mistakes have been made, or the focus wasn't quite where it could have been, should have been, or there there could have been more energy put into to signing more homegrown players than than, than chasing you know the, the continental signings. But um I, I, it, well, yeah. there's, there's no la- no lack of ambition there still. S- s- some, some, it's, al- I mean. it's almost like it may- maybe that's the gambler there. it's you know it's it's that you know the the, the early part of this season's been a, been a bet that's that's lost. Um, but that doesn't mean the whole project or the, ho- the whole, you know, you just jack it all in. That means that Abbey didn't work and the next bit will work. And, you know, that's just, just the way he rocks. And, and, and the one big thing, again, that did come out for it. And listen,
2: we're just, listen, you know, don't shoot the messenger. Don't be funny, but we've sat down with the geese. Most people can't get an interview with him. We've sat down with him and we're sitting down with him and he's going to be frank with us, we'll be frank with him. And the fact is that he sat down and he's, he was excited about... How things were going to be happening yeah. with the
3: future, and I, I, I was, I was, I was a bit worried. I have to admit, I, I was, I was a little bit too. I, I thought I'd probably come away from it thinking, oh blimey, um, he's not happy. Um, we're we're kind of we're on thin ice here. This is this you know, Project Brentford is going to change direction a little bit, but I don't. I, I, I'm sitting here tonight thinking that's not the case. Not, it's not the case at all. This season, it's almost like we've got to
2: get through this season and then we're going to go into next season. Now, at the end of the day, I'll come back to this at all. It depends on what happens in the summer. And I think that, you know, that was kind of... That's probably been his thoughts probably for the last four months, probably because this season's been such a massive cock-up at the beginning. And like I said to you, the thing that, I, again, I'm quite impressed with is the fact that he sat and he just admits, yeah, we, we, we screwed up, you know? So, we, we, you know, we screwed up, we, we, we didn't do things right... But we're we're putting things right now.
5: I think the first thing I would say is it's it's a massive plus that he's felt that it's appropriate and relevant to speak to people about it. You know, he's a guy who doesn't do many interviews, if any. You know, and to choose and trust uh, fans is a pretty radical step, actually. So there's a definite congratulations there, and the fact he's you know, he's able to speak some, openly.
3: Some we're in his pocket.
5: I mean, that wasn't where I was going with that, but I mean, I was I was just you know, suggesting generally to trust a fans group. Uh, with differing opinions, you know, even between this five of us around the table, who don't agree on on very much actually, um, but you know, but to trust on record, off record stuff, I think it, it is good. Um, I, I'm delighted to see that he's got the perspective that you know, there's a hell of a lot of people behind him, backing him. That the fact that one person called him a a merchant banker to try and swerve the iTunes ban, you know, is just one person being an arse. If that, Probably does hit the ban. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? I mean, the, the fact that that's all in proportion, that that's not deemed to be um, representative of the wider fans' group, I think is great. And the fact to have these conversations open and honest is great. You know, I would also say that if fans are directing their, their anger and ire at you know, Phil or Rasmus I would suggest that's probably preferable to directing it at players on the pitch and others. You know, fans always have a reason to vent or a need to vent and have scapegoats. And, you know, I still think generally the support for the team is pretty good. And, you know, the, the random sporadic chance that came out of the Charles game is probably the first real time this season that's manifested itself in anything more than, you know, pub discontent afterwards. Um.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, having skimmed through the interview, I, I thought um, what was quite interesting was that those people that uh, are... Quite anti Rasmus and probably slightly less anti Phil Giles, will find that uh, the Dean Smith is actually going to have a great input into what players come into this club. And I thought what was also interesting was that um, he pointed out that they'd kind of made a mistake because they thought every continental player was going to be like Hotter, who would basically just just get used to the speed of the championship and just, you know, play out their skin and just be a fantastic player. Uh, and they've, they've said that, well, partly because he came into a stabilised side and a lot of these players have come into a side that's been decimated either by players going off, being sold, or by loads and loads of injuries that they haven't been able to settle. And uh, he's, he's basically he's trusting Smith, who he's, he's got a lot of faith in, uh, you know, in Smith actually knowing what a good player looks like. And uh, and looking lower down the leagues, what we've been very successful at in previous years, picking up people like Moses and uh, Gray and people like that, and and to to, to sort of follow that line again, and he's also talked about you know getting in, uh, you know players of that caliber, players who he quite rightly said, you know, and I think Phil Phil Giles said this last time that he talked to him uh, about players who in January cost ridiculous amounts of money and they're going to be out of contract soon. You know, we can pick him up for, for nothing or next to nothing. So, you know, it, it does actually make a lot of sense. And I was kind of relieved to hear it. And I think a lot of people who are sort of worried about Rasmus... I mean, I mean, you know, Rasmus's role is probably what... I think what Wolves said, I hate dealing with agents. I hate dealing with that side of the stuff. So I like being concentrated on the on the team. And I think that's, that's what Rasmus and Phil do. They go out and they deal with the agents, they deal with the bullshit and they just just clear that crap out of the way. But it seems like Dean Smith, who's got a good eye for a player, is going to be very much involved in who we choose to buy.
1: It's a very good interview, and it is heartening to see that Matthew Benham is still 110%, if he can be 100%, 10% behind what he's doing at Brentford. However, and it's a big however, you have to say that the director of football's football's plural record uh, hasn't been that that great so far um, and it will be really interesting with the comments that were made in the interview about how they work with Dean Smith in the summer transfer window um, and the proof of the pudding will be in the, in the eating when we see the team that turns out uh, next August for us and um, I'm you know I'm 100% positive about the direction the club is going under Matthew Benham and what he is doing uh, I remain to be totally convinced that uh, Rasmussen and Giles and Dean Smith together as a trio are the best play- uh, the best the, the best people to take the club to the position that I think Matthew Benham would be confident with but I'm not you know, I, I, I'm tempering my views, and I'm going to say, you know, there's quite clearly a, a, a plan of action there. Let's hope the plan of action works. Um, we'll see in August when we're playing in the championship where we'll go.
3: Listen, listen, this 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 ain't a magic wand like interview this is this uh, you know the, the, the people are going to have opinions one way or the other this this, this, is, this is just a chat with the owner and um, you know it was just great to sit down and, and talk to him about all these topics you know of course it's, it's a massive summer and, and he admits it you know the, the you know the DOFs and and the manager have to have to come up trumps they, they need to pull some rabbits out of the hat here and it if if we don't come out of the next six months any stronger, we we are in big big trouble next season, yeah. you know. So the pre- the pressure's on, but you know, uh, uh, it was just it was a, it was a, it was an enlightening um, uh experience just to, to sit down and just just as I said chew the fat and um, the proof's in the pudding still, you know. If, if 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 you know, there's not a lot of it's not like it's not all hyperbole. It's it's. it's he is structured and he believes in his staff and he's the one that pays the bills. Is, and, and again, one of
2: the points that did come out is that um, it's interesting because I think what, what Dutch said it about the Saturday against Charlton and that you'd never heard the, the, you know, the booing that came out. And I think the one thing that did surprise him was, again, he's like a bit bulletproof. He's like We talked about the guy calling him a wanker and he, you know, he, he made a comment about him. He said something like, you know, it's just one idiot, but you know don't worry about that. You know, as in the fact that he's just sort of saying, look, it doesn't really matter. That that comes with, you know, I'm an owner and that's kind of what happens when you're an owner. But he was kind of like a little bit more worried the fact that, you know, he's got a team out there and the supporters are on their back. And especially he emphasised the fact that the team is, he believes, is a young, under 24-year-old team. It's very, very young, lacking experience. We've, We've missed a few experienced players few experienced players are gone, so the team is out there and they're trying to play football, not doing the right things. That's what he said. And he just says that the the, the supporters are on their back and that kind of doesn't help the situation. So, again, it was almost like you're sort of sitting down there thinking, okay. so basically what's happened is that we seem to be a team who is rebuilding itself... Um, and they needed to get the fans to kind of get in there to say, come on, come on, let's let's work together
3: on this one. Before you go to Nick, sorry, before you go to Nick, but he did say at the end of it, and it, and it wasn't kind of like, shut up, fans. It was He said, if you want to boo, do it, but at the end of the game, not during the game. So it, 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 this wasn't trying to buy the fans' silence, or it wasn't like, back me, or otherwise I'm going to go. This was kind of like, well, if you aren't happy... Choose your time not to be happy, and it's not during the game because it doesn't do anyone any any any, any good. That, that, that you know, and and, 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 and that's right during the
5: game. Dave. I would challenge. I mean, there was definitely the, the substitution, which actually amazed me, really, because I mean, I'm a massive Canos fan, as I've said before. It wasn't his best game, you know, but I think that kind of. Amazingly, came together in that sort of mass booing when that substitution was made, which actually probably wasn't the worst substitution. I don't know whether Sam's the right one to bring on, but it was quite strange it all came out. But I would challenge that there was that much booing during the game because I don't think there was an awful lot, really. And if it was, it was aimed at Smith for the substitution. I didn't see a lot of getting up players during the game,
1: personally. This is where the manager earns their corn, though, because actually... The Manager is there to protect and nurture and encourage the players and to you know to say to them if you 're getting booed, go out and prove them wrong i mean that 's why Sir Alex Ferguson was such a great manager and you know to 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 even now, Wenger actually is, is a good manager because what he knows is how to defend his team, his players, and that's what Smith has got to be able to do now in the remaining nine, ten games that we've got this season while we keep while we stay in the championship.
5: Which player, the, which player got booed, though? Sorry, just uh, sorry to labour that so point, but. Well, the substitution got booed. Saunders didn't get booed. No. The, no. Su- the, the substitution was booed. So which, which player during
2: that game got booed? I mean, again, it, it, we're on the Ealing Road. I don't know. Things might have happened different in the side stand. Again, I'm not yeah, sure of the situation. But, but I
5: can only stand where I, I stand.
2: I, but I just think that, again, not, I, don't, you know, I don't know. He just said that. He said, for the first time, I was really quite shocked by the negativity around everything around that game. It's just quite, he said, he just said, look, if you're going to be negative, do it after the game. You know, turn around and call people whatever. You know, which, which, which again is an interesting point because I suppose he's put money in they believe in players certainly these players yeah they may think some of the players are cool some of the players may, may need a little bit of work but at the end of the day they're a team and they're, they're trying to do the business of course, but I agree with that entirely I, I'm not disagreeing at all with what he says I'm just saying
5: I'm not quite sure that that happens and a caveat I stand where I stand and I hear what I hear but yeah there was no player booed the substitution was definitely a decision that was booed
3: Point, I, I, I really think as you just alluded to, I, I think you do hear different things in different parts of the ground we't we, we don 't we don't hear everything and uh, i, 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 I didn 't think it was overly overly negative during the game, but there was you know by, by recording the video and I, I was recording a lot of background stuff on the GoPro. And there was a couple of crosses that went in, and, and I listened to the background and there was a lot, there was a lot of grief going on and I'm not condoning it or I'm not saying anything you know we all say stuff in the heat at the moment. Um, but there, it, it, there was an undercurrent. And, I, and again, this, this interview isn't about sort of bat, batting down people or batting down opinion. It was just, it was, it, you know, I think he was just asking people to get things in a little bit more perspective. Yeah, and, 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 and just say, I mean, the opening question that we, we, we
2: gave him as well, the opening question we just said, you know, do you think that Brentford have
3: gone backwards in the last 12 months? And his first word was yes. And it was no no bluff. There was no spin on it. It was, yeah. And, you know, I think this is where sometimes um, where the business background and where sometimes you, you need to look at it from a purely business perspective is sometimes, and especially from a betting business perspective, there are winners and there's losers. There's good seasons. There's bad seasons. There's there's good punts. There's bad punts. There's winners. There's losers. There's nags. And this year, he said pretty much anything. Uh, there was a stage where anything that could go wrong did go wrong. And you know, he got to the stage where Lee Carsley said he didn't want the job after the Birmingham game. And he said, I, I got home and I just laughed. He said, What well, what else could I do? <laughs> it, it got to the stage where even even that had got had gone wrong. And and you know, you know, I, 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 haven't, I haven't got that kind of money, so I'm, I'm not quite sure what, what Brentford is in, in, in his portfolio. But you know, he's, he's, he, I asked him if he's, is, he losing sleep over it, and he just said, no, I'm, I'm not.
4: <laughs> I think his analysis for the, of the season is, is quite correct. You know, every, everything that could go wrong did go wrong, and it's, it, it proved that way, and. I also thought it was quite interesting that he said that uh, in January they did basically realise that they, there was no chance of going up. Absolutely no chance. I think they
2: probably actually realised in probably about November, to be, to be fair.
4: Well, to, to be honest, I, I thought I was going to say that. I was going to go on to that <laughs> because because, that, you know, because the way he was talking, he, he kind of got the feeling that you know, January is the time you can actually do something. That's the time you can spend money. And I think he probably decided, as you say, October, November, that this season's a write-off. So let's concentrate on next season. And I think what he's doing, he's talking about. He actually says, "I think if we get two more wins, then we can like, use these young players to, to actually get out there and, the, and, and, and sort of." The, the get... problem
3: being that we all travel up and down the country every week, yeah. paying good money to watch Brentford play and, and hopefully win. You know, so so there, there there's obviously an oil and water situation there where you've got you know you've got you've. You know, it's 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 not it's it's not an exact science, and it's just it's, it's very difficult to be philosophical when you're when you paying out good money to watch a team.
4: Well I think once I think what his point was that once the players can relax, once they've reached 49, 50 points, they can relax and they can show us what they're capable of.
3: Let's do QPR on Saturday. and Let's relax.
4: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've already paid thirty two pound fifty for a bloody Ipswich ticket, so uh, which which you know I could go to a Premiership game next year for less.
5: Not to see Brentford, though, Safe. Not to see
1: Brentford. makes a very good point. I mean, you know, I, I'm going to shell out for the Nottingham Forest, for the Ipswich tickets, all above £30. 30 Nottingham oh, Forest, 24 Is it? Oh, right, OK. Well, in that case, Nottingham Forest, 24 I thank you, Nottingham Forest. Um, but it still doesn't dilute the argument, is that, you know, once you've added in the food, the drink, the travel and everything, you know, you're getting on for close on... Could be could be up to hundred quid in, in some cases. You know, is it is, is is it worth is it worth me coming to see the team? I mean, I will be there. Yes, the,
5: the, I just say, well, it depends what you think success is, doesn't it? I mean, at the start of a season, and you can check that back through the podcast. I think staying up this season is a better achievement than coming fifth last year. If you look at what's happened this year. Pitch gate manager changing the manager three times, injuries, sales—you know—to stay up comfortably. Sorry, I don't want a relegation fight. To stay up comfortably this season, I think would be a very, very good achievement. And particularly if that's tempered with the fact that, you know, from what Matthew said in the interview, we're gearing to go again next year. There's players lined up. You know, there's a massive strategy. It's it's you know the plans back on, then. Let's just get safe, enjoy the rest of the season, and look forward to next.
3: There's, there's still a very confusing backdrop to all of this. There's there, there's a lot of um, it's kind of like a clash of fans' expectations and a clash of fans' demands and aspirations and ambitions. You know, there, there, for example, I mean, l- let me read. There's a there's a comment on the Besotted website to the match report, um, the Charlton defeat match report by by a fan called Ian Frisbee. Um, and it says, um, I've, been, I've been going to Griffin Park since 1961, and my friends and I who sit together have had the same seats for years and have travelled all over the country following the bees. We have long journeys now to home games, and this, this season has become a chore and not a pleasure. Whilst I'm not keen on us getting Premiership football and don't care about the new stadium particularly... For certain, should we go down, I will not be renewing my season ticket next season, and in fact, I will not be back at Griffin Park at all. BFC has always been tagged with lacking ambitions, and so it proves. Matthew, you have led us all down the garden path.
1: Rubbish, absolute rubbish
3: again listen the good thing about you know what
2: we do and a lot of people moan about us say we do that but no what we are a funnel people could have their opinions so we got our website on there people could put their opinions up there and then people could disagree or agree or disagree with them sometimes they, you may disagree with them but the six months later they may turn around and say actually i see what you mean now this guy is in his total rights to have his, he pays his money week in and week out he comes to brentford this is what his thoughts are i thought it was an interesting post that because i mean we were sitting down there and we were trying to work out exactly where he was coming from because this is probably indicative of where we are and it's kind of this new brentford old brentford thing because what he was kind of saying it seemed to me is that he didn't want to go up we don't want to go up brentford but he also didn't want to go down so he's like if we go down i'm never going to come here again so which meant that he kind of just wanted us to just kind of do nothing or just be in the middle
3: or just I, I, I think it, it? it sounds like he's t- t- <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, to be honest. It sounds like he's tired of worrying about it, and that's and that's not the club's fault. You know, if if, he, if he's been following the club since 1961, which was probably, it was the year we had that yellow and blue shirt, and it was it was it was a, <laughs> no, but it was it was a disaster. Before, before most but, of our time, no, but it? it was such a it was such a disastrous season that they ditched the shirt. I, I'm sure that I, I think that was the 61 season. Um, when we beat QPR on the opening day of the season and still went down if if this season is worse than that one then it can't it can't be the case and if the the QPR takeover in 67 was uh, a a heartier time than now I, 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 I don't think that I don't think that was the case and when we were rattling buckets outside Griffin Park I don't think that was better than it is now either and again i i don't we're not we're not apologists for for things that have gone wrong this season but geez boys and girls this 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 ain't the dark days. It really is. I isn't. mean,
4: I, I I mean, he's probably coming off of the fact that we just lost to Rotherham and Charlton, yeah. and two you know quite poor performances. And I, well, I, no, but
2: there's but there's other things. As obviously there's other things there as well because he talked about he talk, didn't he talk about Benham? As, didn't he just mention about Benham as well? And you know there's there's there's, there's other issues as well, which is
4: yeah. To so as you say, that Benhams let the club down or whatever. You know, it's not like the garden path. Yeah. Well, he's kind of promised us the golden land, which Ian doesn't actually want. He doesn't want the golden land. So, you know, it's it's a slightly confused argument, I think. But, you know, he's probably just coming off the fact that we had two bad defeats. But, you know, um, yeah, yeah, you know, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't actually add up, does it? He doesn't want to go up, doesn't want to go down. So he wants last year again and again and again and again. We nearly make it, but we don't. That's what he wants
2: So, I mean, just on this interview, again, you can check it, besotted.co.uk. It looks like it will be up... in the morning got, so after we go back here and we edit this podcast up which takes a couple of hours and then we go back and we rewrite this interview and we go to bed about 5 o'clock in the morning um, the interview should be up for 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning so you can read the interview listen to the podcast and you'll be very happy when you go to work <coughs> and you don't have to guess what, what we've been talking about <coughs> sorry about that I'm going to start hiccuping again I'll, I'll, have, a, I'll, have, a, I'll have a paramedic sitting here and I'll be wired up like you know in the, in the pub going, hey, it's that bloke again Jesus Christ like you know <laughs> so, uh, anyway, like, you know, that's talk about this. We talk quite a lot about recruitment as well, um, Sav, and I know that you read the thing as well. You know, well, again, go through the, the, the interview. We talked about the recruitment processes that we have and the the, the, the you know, the, the misses that we had to a certain extent, didn't we? Didn't you find that interesting about that? The Brentford recruitment process and the players that we were looking at and uh, and the, and the, and the way that we're actually moving forward. I know you talked about that a little bit, but didn't you?
4: Yeah, it was. It, yeah, I think it was, it was. Again, it's going back to Phil Giles as well and what he said, and I think it's reiterated by Benham that you know it's silly. We we cannot afford as a club to spend silly money, and he also talks about. Um, Derby have got a player with no resale value, who's on something like thirty grand a week, and he's thirty-two years old.
2: No more than no 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 more than I think I think, I, I think that. that's what I read. Yeah. but yeah. Uh,
4: but you know that's that's crazy, and we cannot cope with that. And he also said that we are very much. I mean, last year aside, we are a or pretty much at the bottom of the championship in terms of what we can income, what, of income and turnover and whatever. Uh, but last year we actually overspent and so we had to sell those players to actually hit, hit F- FFP and it's totally unsustainable it was a one year go basically yeah. uh, going up a shit or bust season yeah, last season yeah it was a shit or bust one and that you know it didn't happen you know we got fifth we got knocked out as we all know in the playoffs and we you can't sustain that you can't do that for more than one season you can, you can have another sort of rebuilding season then you can have a, have a season where you actually get everything right, and then you can have another go. So, and he was really positive about current, the question was asked. Yeah. There's a really good, you know, he, he reckons that there's a good chance we can go up into the Premiership before Lionel Road.
2: Uh, which, which we thought was actually quite interesting because there was a bit of a Lionel Road sort of conversation, but it was more about you know how sustainable is Brentford going up, and he's just like, listen, we can go up. Um, Before we get to Lionel Road, it's going to be hard because the finances, because these teams have got you know players with big money, um, they're spending lots of money on players and stuff like that. But he said it is feasible. It's going to be more feasible if we are at Lionel Road. But obviously, you know, you've got if you're if you're full going into Lionel Road, it kind of it kind of makes more sense. Anyway,
1: I'll make you a prediction. We won't be in the Premiership while we remain at Griffin
2: Park. So hopefully, we can do well in a few cup competitions. Okay, well, that's a great prediction from Nick there. Listen, um, just just coming back to the interview, and we're just going to finish off on a, a little bit point on, on the long term plans. Uh, and Dave, as 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 Matt talked about the long term plans for Brentford as well, and we say the long term plans as we're you know where we're going now because a lot of the things we're saying is that you were looking for reassurances. We're sort of saying, look, come on, look, you know. We had a great season, you know. The lot, it's almost like we've had a great three years. We've had a right party, and this year has been a bit of like, mm, do we really have to go to Nottingham? Do we really have to go to Ipswich? You know, to be honest, it's almost like we're a bit spoilt, really, because <laughs> we've had a great three. I mean, can you imagine Blackburn and all these other teams? They've been lounging around for seasons like this, but you know, for us, they're probably looking at us thinking, what are they complaining about? But we wanted a bit of reassurance to say, oh, we're going to get the happy days back. And you know he was very positive about it and about the long-term plans. I mean, let's, let's talk about that to a certain
3: extent. Um, the long-term plans. He, I think, first and foremost, he acknowledged that it was a big, big summer for the football club, and there's there's there will be uh, an influx of players and and by all accounts, some really exciting deals that are going to be announced. Um, uh, the stadiums. Critical to this whole dynamic, it bring it brings more money into the part if, if if we've got a vibrant Lionel Road. Um, it's but it's not Lionel Road, or it's not success at all costs. He, he will be, he will, be, he's not going to break the bank, or he's not going to put the club at risk just in some pursuit of Premiership football. But there and is, not, th- and he's not
2: going to break his own bank as well, because everyone thinks he's got. Endless pot of money, and I think what we found from this is that
3: there isn't an endless pot of money. He's a businessman with loads of money. Oh yeah, know, the, 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 there's a sustainability issue here as well. You know, we, you know, we we all look at Bolton and we and we kind of like snigger that how that could have got so out of hand. But it's it's, it's this blind pursuit of of, of unsustainable success. Um, uh, but going back to the first points, really, I was just I was just kind of in I was just in, encouraged and and reassured by the fact that. There, there's no derailment in, and the, 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 the gloom seems to be um, kind of off the pitch rather than kind of in, in the playing areas. I, I still think there's going to be a, fa- a fair, fair amount of change. Um, not not just in playing staff. I think I, th- I think the club is, is in an evolution stage. Yeah. I, I, th- I think I, I think you know any admit admit to to you know to learn lessons, making mistakes. You know, it's quite frank about it's quite frank about the mistakes that have been made and and, and where the lessons have been learned, so, so we can come out of this stronger. And but, but you know, it's not like it didn't work this year. That's it. It's finished. Yeah. It's kind of like well, it didn't work this year, so next year's going to be okay. So we have a big game on Saturday
2: and uh, it's, it's just a bit of a weird one because, um, it, I mean, everyone's excited about this one. We sold out 2,400 allocation. People are looking for tickets left, right and centre. There's some Dutch bees that are coming. coming so they've got five of them coming over They're I meant to they go to West Ham. Christ knows why they're going to get to West Ham. They, uh, West Ham's moved their game. So they go, please, can we get some tickets? I thought, your bees, why didn't you just totally keep the odds? I'll go to West Ham. But anyway, they're looking for tickets. There's loads of people looking for tickets for Saturday. It's going to be a good day regardless There's a pub situation obviously QPR isn't great for pubs as you know Um, But listen, before we do that We need to find out a little bit more about QPR Because um, they're in a bit of a revival Under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank They started off a bit slow But they won a few matches And they're actually winning the West London Mini League Um, Chelsea don't count on that one So uh, we thought we'd go over and speak to Mr Dave Morrison Who's a QPR fan Big, big QPR fan And he's going to give us the lowdown On Queen's Park Rangers (laughs) So big game on Saturday,
6: big London derby. I mean, this is the London derby. When the fixtures came out at the beginning of the season, you look at that. Oh my god, I can't wait for this game. I'm, I'm, if I'm abroad, I'm going to come back for this game. I and mean, we've got one guy coming over from Costa Rica. He's flown in from Costa Rica a bee for this game. We've got guys come over from um, the, the Dutch bees. They 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 message me to try and see if I can get tickets for them. I mean, people come all over for this game. It's going to be a big game for us bit of a disappointment because Brentford are coming into this in pretty poor form and QPR seems to be up and down. Look, we thought that we'd need to go over to West London to speak to QPR fans, to Dave Morrison, to find out exactly how QPR are getting on and how he thinks they'll get on on Saturday. Dave, how are you doing? All right,
7: mate. How are you?
6: I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Big game on Saturday and uh, I think it's a bit nervous. A bit of a strange one for you because you do spend a little bit of time down at Griffin Park because you actually do secretly quite like the bees, don't you?
7: I certainly do, actually. Certainly, if um, I think QPR were closed down tomorrow, I'd probably end up going to Brentford every week instead. So, yes, soft spot is, for the bees.
6: Yeah, which is, which is strange, but it's good, because you know, hopefully you, you won't be as sort of kind of tainted in your views as maybe other other QPR fans might be. But listen, I mean, we talk quite a lot about QPR and. You've had a bit of a sort of strange year, haven't you? I mean, you had the sort of Harry Redknapp situation, and then we had Chris Ramsey, you know, taking over. Then, obviously, the Ramsey was there for a while, and then you, you only decided that, you know, Chris Ramsey, as much as he liked him, wasn't good enough to take your team forward. So, so recently, you employed Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank as manager. I mean, how has this whole period gone for you?
7: Um, I, I think it actually goes back a few years to when um, Fernandes first bought the club, uh, from uh, Bernie Eccleston. and at the time, the policy was uh, throw money um, quickly at anybody that had a half a name. We got likes of Rio Ferdinand, and and what we lost, I think, was team spirit. Um, you know, you can call the players mercenaries, but and they were all quick fixes. And I think Harry Redknapp's record in the transfer market with any club is rather like that. You know, you can have a most promising youngster going, but um, a little transfer deal suits Harry. Um, And I think we were just always sort of putting sticking plasters over a a, a team that wasn't really finely tuned. Um, Ramsey, I mean, I like the guy. Um, I I think the biggest problem that he had was that he set out a tactic at the beginning of the game, and, and if it wasn't working, didn't really have a plan B.
6: Yeah, yeah, we know that very well, actually, the lack of plan B, and we might talk about that a little bit later. But I mean, just interesting, you've got the Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank coming now. Interestingly, we did a little video, me and Laney do these little little separate videos, apart from Brentford. We actually interviewed a load of QPR fans a couple of months, just when Hasselbank came in, to just find out what their expectations are. And I know you had a little look at that video as well, and they were a little bit like, mm, we'll see how it goes, you know, we're not expecting too much. I mean, has it gone according to plan as far as your concerns?
7: Um, I, I think we're still building the foundations of this one because uh, he's chopping and changing the team. And uh, when he gets it wrong, you know, we see all our weaknesses and capitulation against Fulham was probably as bad as I've seen us play in a long, long time. I and mean, we were lucky it was only three, to be honest. Um, we I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I think there's something like we haven't won a London Derby in 16 matches, so you're probably going to get one of those days on Saturday. Um but generally, he's found a few improvements, and he's, people like James Perch, who have been abysmal at right-back, he suddenly started playing at left-back, and you know he looks fantastic. And right-footed player is it's a logical thing, but suddenly, um, you know, we've improved uh, because of an odd decision like that. And he's learned, I think he's learning where to put the players, both in relation to each other and, and suiting the player's style themselves. So, you know, we've suddenly seen some great improvements in some of the players, and uh, I think it was a work in progress, and that's why the results are up and down.
6: Oh, that's interesting because, you know, you're work in progress. Obviously, we've got a new manager, Dean Smith, who his results yeah. have been very much up and down, probably very much like yours. We played brilliant against MK Dons, who, ironically, you lost against last weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah. We played absolutely brilliant against them, brilliant football, brilliant football against Wolves as well. But then after we lose to the likes of Charlton, and we lose to the likes of Rotherham, which has really upset the fans. And they've got the fans to a certain extent, are, are, you know, on on the manager's back. Very early days, and you know, there's calls for them, everyone to sort of chill out, you know. And like, like I said to you yourself, you've been up and down yourselves. I mean, who are the players who have come into the fore recently? Because obviously your top scorer Charlie Austin is gone, so somebody's got to have taken over for him. Or doesn't it really work like that?
7: Um. It certainly doesn't work like that. I mean, you don't get a Charlie Austin, um, you know, every season, do you? I mean, those sort of players are rare. He's a natural centre-forward. He's always likely to score. Um, we've got uh, a German up there, Sir Poulter at the moment, who, um, he's, everybody calls him BFG, which sounds for big something German. And um, he, uh, he, we all laugh because, you know, when he first came, he couldn't trap a bag of cement and all the rest of it. But... His first touch is looking better, I think that Hasselbank and Ferdinand are working with him. Um, he can score but he's he's never gonna be like Charlie Austin. So it's actually finding combinations. Um and I think we're more likely to play four four two um going forward than we have done in the past, although he is only playing with one striker at the moment. Um, the latest experiment is put Poulter up the front, um, with Cherry just behind him. Um you know, it seems to work. but I, I think hold us better when he's got a second striker uh, the second striker would be probably Connor Washington he's uh, we recently bought him from Peterborough and his record is interesting I and mean, every time he's been there he's been quite a slow starter and then once he's settled into the team he's become politic um, and has yet to score for us so we'll kind of repeating that um, scenario um, Hoylet's looked better than he's ever looked for us um, in, in the years he's been here he's out contracting in the season um, the go, you know, when he plays, he looks good, but one of the stats, um, I, I'm not sure what the stat is, but it's something like nearly all the games we've won, uh, Fallin's played in the middle and if Fallin doesn't play, we don't play. Uh, and I think that's critical. The thing about Fallin is he's had a lot of injuries in his career. Um, not the fittest, can fade a bit at the end, but certainly we get better results when he plays. Um, and the other one that might not be playing on Saturday, which I, I think is, you know, our player of the season, is Grant Hall, um, a centre-back that we got from Spurs in the summer, young lad. Um, he should really, you know, go on to be captain of the club at some point, um, player of the year without a doubt. And then in goal, Alex Smithies is come in because, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Rob Green's contract says that if he played so many games, he could have an automatic con- uh, contract extension for another season. So they just got shy of that total of games by about four. Games and just stop playing him, so they don't have to sign him next season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we
6: know Smithies as well. We know it very well from uh, Huddersfield, yeah. I think it was. So, uh, yeah, we used to do it. Yeah, I think he came for a little bit of abuse last season. Smithies, we used to uh, shout from behind yeah. the goal. But listen, just coming to the game on Sat on Saturday then, very important game. Two teams lining up, two experimental teams, as you said, as if we're still yeah. trying to find our feet. You're still trying to find our feet. Dean Smith is, you know, good one week, bad the one week, you know. What, how do you reckon this game's going to go? Let's just sum it up quickly about Brentford QPR. Is it going to be the big fire derby that we expect?
7: I think, actually, our capitulation at Fulham will do, um, do us some good because uh, there was genuine furore that we, you know, we didn't put up a fight against you know a local team. Um, and I hope that that message got home and actually put a bit more fight in than we have done. As I say, I think something like 16 London derbies have won one. To be one so month, so. <laughs> so we, we,
6: we do like that fact, and hopefully you'll be able to keeping up that record to make it at 17 London derby. So, Mr. Dave Morrison, give us a score prediction for your QPR playing your sort of second team Brentford on Saturday. One all. One all to the Morrison. I've gone two nil as well. So covered. Listen, Dave, it's good. i was going to see you on Saturday as well. You pointed out a couple of boozers that we could sneak into um, as well. So we'll see you all. That's right. So we'll be down uh, one end of uh, Shepherds Bush drinking with your lot on Saturday and hopefully we'll be there after the game
7: BB with three points in our pocket. let <laughs> <laughs> not. But anyway, I look forward to seeing you all.
6: Nice one, mate. OK, take care.
7: Cheers.
2: So that was Mr Morrison, Dave Morrison, who... Uh, Big Keeper fan, looking forward to Brentford. He actually comes to Brentford quite a lot, as he says, um, and he's looking forward to us coming down there, giving us a few boozers to go to. Uh, all off the record as well because oh, I'm sure we've been monitored so we can't we can't tell you what they are so if you want to know where you need to treat, you might have to private message us or email us or just uh, just, just, just just try and track us down like, you know what I'm saying we've got GPS's some of us have got you know sort of things round, round our necks from the got, yeah, yeah, from our tags got or something tag like tagged, yeah. <laughs> I've not got a tag no no tags you know, but anyways that's the score but listen we've got to keep the art on Saturday I'm, you know it's probably going to wait for me to get Friday night or Saturday morning for me to get excited about this. But when we get there, I'm, I'm sure the excitement is. But you know, after Saturday, I have to
3: admit I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit scared. It's well, <laughs> not, not being funny though, I think the, the whole lack of intensity about this it proves it isn't our cup final because <laughs> I, I think a lot of fans have probably forgotten about this game until probably tomorrow afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on I, I, three weeks ago. Well, after the Wolves game, I, this game couldn't come around quick enough. I, th- I thought we we do wolves. We're gonna we're gonna pick up a couple more wins, and then we're gonna go into the QPR game on fire. Um, anything could probably happen on Saturday. We could we could win it. We could get a proper spanking. I, d- I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen. QPR haven't taken West London derbies very seriously. They 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 were humiliated against Fulham recently. Um, I, 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 I just hope the the players pull on their shirts, they kiss their badge in the in the, in the dressing room, not not on the pitch, and they go out there and they, they they wear that badge with pride and they put in a proper shift, like they they are capable of. We're we're not the strongest team, Brentford team I've seen in the last two or three years, but they're capable of beating QPR. Don't do
4: it. Well, I actually do know what's going to happen on Saturday, uh, and I've got £10 on Alan McCormack to get sent off. Uh, I've got evens for that, that's not bad, is it? Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, but I've also sorted out the drinking problem. I'm taking uh, cans into the club shop, the QPR club shop, which is going to stand there proud, with my red and white striped shirt, drinking cans of lager. How's that?
2: Uh, we'll, we'll come and get you from uh, the Nick later <laughs> After the match, though, no, not before the match <laughs> okay. Is alright?
4: Yeah, that's fine But uh, in, ter- in terms of the actual game itself um, I think we will have put a better performance on And I think we will draw Draw, draw when? How? What? We will draw the game Yeah, no, yeah. on what score? 0-0, 1-0, one
3: I will go for 1-1 Eleni, Um I'm going for 1-0, Brentford win And the not so liberal Nick I'm looking forward to Dean Smith really
1: reminding the team that actually West London derbies are important. And this is a crunch game for us, getting the team up and spurring us on to having a one all draw. <laughs> <laughs> the Dutchman. Uh, easy team
5: talk, isn't it? Guys, we've got the chance to win these buggers back in 90 minutes. Go out there and win this game. We're going to be, you know. The season's almost saved. I think we'll do all right. I think we do quite well in these sort of games. Um, I kind of swerve towards the draw as well, but bugger it. If you look
2: back at my predictions, I'll always go for a win. 1 0 Bees. And for me, I'm not going to say any more 2 0 Bees. Come on, you Bees. Come
3: on, you Bees.
2: So this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. It's been good chatting with the guys and it's good getting a little bit of insight and hopefully people have got a little bit of word. You may believe it, you may not believe it, you may care, you may not care, you may love, you may hate. It doesn't really matter as long as you've got the information, then you've got stuff to discuss and that's what we're here for. We get the information in, we get it in talk about it, and then we get out to you lot, you do what you want with it. So I hope this has been informative, you can check besotted.co.uk. we've got that Matthew Benham interview on there as well, and that's interesting as well, we want to say thanks to the Lamb and Flag in Covent Garden, they've taken care of us lovely pub here, if you're ever in Covent Garden just check it out, you can have a couple of pints of whatever you want to drink here and they've got ghosts actually walking in the corridors and all sorts of stuff, so it's like you know, This is the ghost of Seasons Pub that's right. That's right. You know, I think they've got the new Ghostbusters movie coming, and uh, I think they've probably filmed it in here. So, but anyway, this is the Pride of West London podcast. Check us out. Check out this Gentry Vay video we did because it is actually quite good. Re- Honestly, it is. Just check it out. It go to the Besotted, go to the, my Twitter, it's Billy the B99 tweet, or the 72 review, or Besotted 100's Twitter, and you'll see it on there. We put it out there. It's cool, it's emotional, and we're going to do something. It's not similar, not, not what they're doing, but something to remember the old Brentford fans at some stage. We'll discuss that at a later stage. But for now, we're going to say once again, because we are playing QPR, we've got to beat. We're going to say. Come,
0: come on, you bees! bees. Let's go.